Life Audio. Well, hello, you guys, and I already see that um, we have some regulars joining us. Welcome to Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and yep, we are live in Nashville, where we have all finally kind of gotten together in the same space, and it's been a couple of crazy days and a lot of like talk and uh, fellowship and kind of catching up, and honestly, I'm not sure that some of you guys, I mean, I've been in the same space with you guys, but I'm not sure that some of you, well, no, we had the one time in California where we all got together. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, because of the pandemic and life going back to normal, you know, here we are finally all together in the same space. And this is going to be a little bit more of an interesting day for those of you who are watching live, uh, because what we're doing today also is setting up... uh, setting up the sort of future of Girl Club. And so this will feel a little bit more like the actual, like an actual pilot taping. We're going to have questions um, about why Girl Club and um, why we got involved and, and all kinds of stuff. So you'll figure it out as you, as you watch, but as always, we hope that you'll be blessed. Mm -hmm. So I'm Cynthia Garrett. Welcome to Girl Club. As you know, this is the place where we are just real girls having real talk about real issues and seeking to apply a very real faith that each of us have, has, and have had for a while. So um, for those of you watching, you know that my heart always is to teach other women and we have some men watching. So shout out to all the guys. Yes, we are a girl club, but we love that we have regular guys who watch. So you guys chime in, like, let us know that you're there. Cause we kind of like get all excited and giggly when we know that the boys are with us too. Um, but I just want to say some hellos uh, coming in this morning. Hi, Pamela Lee. It's great to see you. Can't we? Yeah, I'll thank you. And we we are really excited to be together. So thank you very much for joining us um, on this special uh, girl club. Um, Miche, an extra session. That's right, Miche. And um, we're really excited that you join us. Sorry you can only stay 30 minutes today, but I'm happy that we're worth it. And we love you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Girl Club Monday, as always. Um, also, we've got Adrian with us this morning. Good morning, good evening, good night, all around the world, because I know we have viewers from all around the world. Teresa, hi to you. Hi from uh, Nashville to London. It's good to see you. We love you guys. And um, hello to everyone else who's kind of coming in. And as you come in, we just want to go ahead and get started, let you know that we love you. And um, so I want to start you guys by asking kind of just some questions about what this is and what we're doing. So I guess, um, Christina uh, Reynolds, if I were to kind of ask you, hi from Nevada to you too, Lori. Um, if I were to ask you like what the name Girl Club, like when you think Girl Club, what do you think about? Mm, I think Fight Club, because that was the first joke that we made was Fight Club, but we do talk about Girl Club. We don't keep it secret. Yeah, it was like, yeah, what, those who know about Fight Club can't talk, shouldn't talk no, about Fight Club? First rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> exactly. Well, we do have a rule where we kind of don't talk about 
anybody's stuff. Like it's a safe place here, right? Yeah. Even it's weird because even though we're live, we're on the internet, we, we get comments in from all of you guys watching. The, the reason why I always encourage you to watch through the CGM platforms is so that you can comment. Hi, Mommy Barry. It's good to see you also. Um, but we do, it is a safe place, right? Like mm -hmm. in a way we try, we try never to talk about anything we're talking about in a negative way, but we try to provide a forum for everyone to share yes. whatever it is, Yes, which I think is different anyway for like, you know, yeah. anything that's kind of inspirational because I think we inspire from a place of transparency. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, I think the hardest thing for women is competition with other women and feeling safe around other women. I know that that was your heart from the beginning was just creating a safe place right. for all of that. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of been the heart of girl club is to have a safe place where we can all be transparent with our stuff, honest, open and support each other in whatever we're going through. So that's why I think girl club, I think initially sounds scary, but then once you're a part of it, you're like, wait, everyone is invited. Yeah. 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 And I wanted it to be a real club of women around the world. You know, no, no. What, yeah. what, what kind of comes to mind for you when you hear the phrase girl club? Well, I was thinking about the word, the word reassurance came to me that um, mm -hmm. we can be reassured that there are other people who are walking through all the things that we're walking through. And it's okay if you're in a season of high and it's okay if you're in a season of low and we've each been there and we've seen each other's seasons. And so I think that yeah. that safety in that place is people can come and go, man, like last week, Nova seemed like everything seemed great. <laughs> and this week she seems really challenged. And then you go, Oh, I'm normal. Right. Okay. So I think it brings this, like we all put our pants on one leg at a time kind yeah. of a feel. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. Yeah. It's true. CB, the baby of the bunch over there. <laughs> what do you think about when you hear girl club? And, and what do you want this space to be about? You know, I think the biggest thing is what I really loved about even yesterday as we were out in town, you know, in Franklin is that we encountered, you know, just even a couple different people just in our interactions at coffee time, you know, and mm -hmm. even at dinner time. And even as we were just on our, even just us in our daily life and our adventures, we had three different stories, right? Specifically of people just not even with us sharing our stories, but just opened up about mm -hmm. sexual abuse and having someone in their life who have, is, is experienced sexual abuse. And even for us, like just us being who we are out in town, you know, getting coffee, yeah. you know, just, yeah. you know, getting dinner, you know, checking out different things that it really, who we are opens up the space outside of our recordings to allow people to feel free and vulnerable about their stories and their process, which a lot of the modern I don't want to say like the modern church, but a lot of oftentimes church communities could be very, you need to have it all together, but we create a safe, vulnerable place for people to be honest, yeah. which a church should be a hospital. And I think we've become a hospital for a lot of people, you know, where people feel it's, safe to share their yeah, brokenness with us. Yeah. It, and that's it, what girl club has become. It, it's yeah. yeah, it's really, I mean, you guys, you, you know, uh, we kind of jumped in today and for those of you watching, I sort of feel like my tribe here needs no introduction, but, you know, just to kind of back up, you know, as we talk about what Girl Club is, Girl Club is hosted by, you know, four women who 
really are, in my opinion, I wanted to do this because I wanted to find three other women who had faith, but were, were real about the struggles they have with their faith. They're, they're, they're real about the issues that go on in, in their lives, but yet they really always seek to try to apply their faith to the things that they're going through. And to me, that's just the way that I live my life. You know, I, I, yeah, we always, we, we all have stuff, you know, there's all, we all have feelings. We all have brokenness. We all have hurts. We all have pain, but for the, for the person of faith, you try to figure out where your faith fits in with that. And for someone who doesn't have any faith, I think what you can take from a program like girl club is you can maybe take some things that help you to have a little bit more faith about the way you live your life that help you to have a bit more confidence, you know, that help you to feel inspired to maybe explore God who created the universe, who we believe created, you know, each of us and all of you. And so, you know, to my right, and I think your left is Christina Reynolds. And Christina and I have known each other since my son played basketball at the University of Kansas. And she is a singer songwriter, a great mom, a great wife and a great sister and friend. And so um, Christina was also my sidekick on my TV program, The Sessions, which airs on TVN. And so we've gotten actually like, go through a lot of seasons of life yes. together. Yeah. Like a lot, like actually a, a lot, lot of seasons of life together. And, um, and it, it, one of the things I, you know, I don't know which one of you said, you know, sometimes girls can be competitive for me when I got to Kansas, it, the Lord had done this crazy work in my life where, and I've often told this story. I read a few years prior, I read this book by Rick Warren called Purpose Driven Life. A lot of you will know it. And I had a complete mental breakdown because the first phrase, uh, the first sentence of Rick's book says, it's not about you. And for me, I was like, well, then what's it about? Because my whole life has been about me, my hard work. If I if I do it, I can achieve it. If I think differently, I, it was always about me and my efforts. And what Rick Warren does so beautifully in this book, and if you haven't read it, you guys read it. It was like a number one uh, Times New York bestseller for, I think, longer than any book in history. It's, it's crazy, amazing book. Um, I just gave it to one of my spiritual sons, um, Marcus Morris, who's in the NBA. So shout out, shout out to, uh, uh, for all you Lakers and Clippers fans, you guys know the Morris twins. But anyway, I gave him the book because he said, mommy, I want to read something that opens me up more to what God's doing in the earth. Well, what Rick does in that book is completely break you down from looking at yourself and rebuild you to look at yourself in relation to community. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to Kansas, I had been remade and understanding that I had a function in the body of Christ, but in the body mm -hmm. of Christ. So mm -hmm. like maybe I was an arm, but then, you know, Nova was an arm, you know, maybe CB, Christina Boudreaux was a leg, but then Christina Reynolds is a leg. And it, it, it just opened me up to the beauty of that kind of fellowship and, and understanding who I was in relation to who all of you are. And so, um, yeah, so being a, we opened up our home and that's kind of really how we met. Yeah. Yeah. We opened up our home and Christina came down and played the piano and shared her testimony and blew me out of the water because I was like, I've never met another woman with as much craziness in her testimony. It's me. How. 
I feel like it's such a basic test. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, but they're just connected. Well, okay. also, no, you know what it was that really got me? It was also that God had completely made you over. You don't look like your testimony. No. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Picture of restoration. Right. And I that's mean, the beauty of God. You just look like a homeschooler. No, <laughs> it's just, you're just so beautiful and pure oh, and sweet. lovely. Right. You are. Right. Right. And it is crazy. And I don't feel, honestly, a lot of times I don't feel like I look like my own testimony. But I mean, you carry, you carry the, the you carry the battle weapons though. Right. I mean, no, no, it's true. I think everything we've all gone through in our lives for all of you watching also, everything you've gone through becomes a weapon in your tool belt that you can use to wreak havoc on the enemy. If you give him your story, you know, cause there's glory in our stories, mm-hmm. right? He takes our mess and he makes a message. And I think more than anything, Girl Club is a celebration of that. Let's bring all of our mess to the table and let's let him take our messes and make messages to impact the community and the world around us. Um, Nova, Mm. to my left, your right. Nova Page is another super talented singer and songwriter. She's also someone that I met through a lovely mutual friend named Greg, Pastor Greg. Greg. Yeah, shout out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. Right. And Greg told me about Nova for months before I met her. And he kept saying, you guys are going to become like sisters. You're going to become like sisters. You're going to love Nova. You're going to become like sisters. And that's how we met through Pastor Greg in San Diego. Um, Nova lives down in OC in, I guess, San Diego. I live in San Diego. San Diego County. It is San Diego. It's San Diego. Right. I always think it's Orange County, but it's not. No. San Diego. Fly it's, out of San Diego. It's true. It's true. And Nova, like Christina, has become an awesome sister in Christ. Um, just an awesome, you know what? You know what you do that I so appreciate, and you've done it for years in my life. You will just sometimes out of the blue just send me a love note. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about you and I really feel this. And you really call forth identity and strength, and you just give love. Yeah. Like at times, I don't even think you know how God uses you in that way, yeah. but you are such a vessel of his kindness. Thanks, Cynthia. Now you make me cry. I, it's oh. true. You are. And thank you for that. Cause I love you for that. And, and you guys, I mean, mm-hmm. Nova, you know, for those of you regulars who've been watching us, we've been on, we've been on one mm-hmm. the last couple of months <laughs> talking about like, literally like people, we meet people all over the world, all of us, you know, cause we all look, we all speak, you play, you know, travel doing, you know, ministry and loving on people and working through nonprofit organizations. And it's just our passion to make a difference in the world. But it's crazy because we've met a lot of people who really love Jesus, but have been so beaten up and wounded by church and church leaders that I think we really don't want to look anything like church or church leadership. We just want to look like people who love God and carry the, 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 carry the love of God to give and impact people. And Nova, I know that you have really been transparent and shared a lot of stuff that you've gone through just in massive ministries with massively known people and just seeing a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of hurt and pain, but you still give, you still show up. So, because honestly, Cynthia, when I, first of all, when, when I've experienced, you know, hurt or pain with, within church leadership and whatnot, and listen, we, my husband and I have been married for 27 years and have been in ministry the whole time. So we've seen the gamut, right? 
And I think the enemy really wanted us to quit, but we remained and we had a great mentors, people speaking into our life. And we just decided Jesus is it. Like he's just it. Like I, I'm not going to buy into um, putting somebody up on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and worshiping them. I'm like, I have to keep focused on Jesus who he is and my desire to become like him so that when I go out into the world, people can, sometimes we're the only Jesus with skin on that people will ever meet. Mm -hmm. And that's just really important to me. Yeah. Mic drop. We might need to get some cis stars. (laughs) See for us, when we drop stars, it's because we believe that we're all cis stars around the world. So our mic drop moments are always punctuated with a whole lot of cis stars dropping. (laughs) (laughs) Cynthia, you know, it is easy to, you know, look at all the terrible things that have happened, but I, I am really learning in the present to go. Yep. It, I'm going to grieve what has felt like loss and pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to really lament. I've shared about just really, truly learning to lament with God, being so honest with him yeah. and then allowing him to come into the really broken places of me and do the healing work. If I only give him partial pain and go, no, no, praise the Lord. I'm okay all the time. God is good. Right. And he is. Mm-hmm. I, he is, but I think we say things and we don't mean them to really go. I am so raw, God. I need you. I, that's where I am at, and I want to focus my attention yeah. on the love of Jesus. Yeah, and I really want to love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you need Jesus to love people. You that's do. For sure. <laughs> you do. You I, do. Yeah. I mean, just to, just just to keep it real. I I was I remember I heard a pastor say years ago. If you want to learn about love, come to church because he's like, he's like, as God has assembled all of his kids together in one sandbox and we challenge each other. No, <laughs> like it's true. Like you, I mean, and you know, like just to be real, like it's, it's not, and it's not easy to love a, it's not easy to love the world. A lot of times, it's not easy to love, you know, People, I mean, if people in church make mistakes, then people out of church, you got to expect that they're going to make mistakes. They're going to be offensive. They're going to offend you. They're going to cut you off on the freeway. They're going to flip you off when they cut you off. They're going to talk about you. They're going to gossip about you. Like, come on. If they're not even, if they're, if they're not making the Bible, the first thing in their life, then they're making themselves the first thing in their lives. And so you can't expect much more than that. Right. So our response has to be different though which is crazy because when you really ask the question, what would Jesus do? Which I think is all we do around here. Well, I mean, I do a lot of stuff in politics when I'm in a political arena. I'm not looking to be a Republican or a Democrat, although I'm very conservative, but I realize that there are a lot of talking heads on both sides of the issues. And I need to be looking at, well, what does Jesus think about this issue? Mm-hmm. What does Jesus think? What would he do right now in the face of what's going on in our schools? What would he do in the face of what's going on in our with our political divide, with the with the color of the the the, the question of race? I mean, that's that that there's so much there, right? And we're gonna get to all of that and we talk about all of that here at Girl Club. But I wanna also get to introduce Christina Boudreau. I met Christina through a mutual friend, Pastor Holland, Holland Davis. Um, who's kind of a, a big part of church history out of Orange County and the Jesus movement and all of all of these great things. But he said to me one day, 
have a young girl I want you to meet. And she's like the little sister in the bunch. And um, he wanted me to meet you because he felt like you had a, you had a very powerful story, which you do uh, that of overcoming. And I say a story of overcoming because I think we're overcoming until the day we die. I don't think there are certain things in my life. I can say, yeah, I've overcome, but if I'm really real, the work, the work in progress thing is about overcoming until the day that we die. Mm -hmm. And what I love about you, UCB, and we'll refer to her a lot of times as CB because she's Christina Boudreau and this is Christina Reynolds. And um, today when they sat down, they almost both sat together and I was like, don't do that to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> so CB, what I love about you is your, your total transparency, um, like the rest of us. And you're, well, I mean, you're crazy and you're fun and you're, but even in your, your travels and in your stories, you look at everything, even like the horses that you've trained. You'll, and I noticed this going through the day yesterday. You're like, oh, that's like us. That, that's because God is always, you know, um, training us to be more or training us. You find what God is doing in the small things of the day. So I guess, and, and by way of introduction, she's an amazing evangelist with a heart, really, to help young people. And Christina is a part of uh, the Whosoever's movement. Um, and they're a powerful movement founded by Sonny from POD, Brian Headwells from Corn, and Ryan Reese, um, who are awesome guys. They reach the skate culture and the youth culture all around the world. And I guess, Christina, for you, becoming like, you know, just a, a sister in Christ with you and, and, and even a mom sometimes, you know, I feel kind of motherly sometimes with you, but when you are transparent and you're sharing, is there ever a time where you're afraid? Because I think we put so much out there on girl club and we ask you guys to put so much out there openly. And you do when you write in your comments and what you're going through and we get to really interact with you live. It's amazing. But do you ever have moments where you're afraid to be transparent? You know, I think even as we were sitting here, you know, as Christina was talking, and I just was thinking about even all the interactions we were having yesterday and even just coming back from Mexico and just hearing, you know, hearing just these raw stories of these girls and you know, these, these young people have been, you know, sexually abused. I was thinking, you know, oftentimes why people are so... Uh, why they don't share the hard things they go through for us. You know, a lot of us, it's our sexual abuse. They don't share it because of who the abuser was or who the perpetrator was. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, because they are afraid to share um, like who it was, they feel like their pain is like minimized. Right. Mm -hmm. So they live with this thing. Like even we had someone yesterday that said that, it was like this person or this person. It's always the closest people to children or young people that sexually abuse them. And, and oftentimes they think, well, how could I share that this person abused me? And because this is because it was like, you know, maybe an uncle or a friend or a neighbor, you know, I can't share it. So because this person grew up, quote unquote, loving me. So it's all this twisted thing. Therefore, 
I shouldn't share because after all, it was probably no big deal. Mm. But the more that we share our stories, the more even I'm realizing, even just being with you guys and the interactions we've had the last couple of days where I was like, wow, it, it really was a big deal. And yeah. it should be told. And the moment that we, that I tell myself, like, cause a lot of the things we go through, you know, whether it's the church stuff or, or family stuff or, or sexual abuse or abuse, it's like a knife that goes through your heart. Yeah. And oftentimes they're like, oh, well, it was this person's. They just put a Band-Aid on it like you'll be fine. And a lot of people are bleeding out for years mm-hmm. because they don't know how to put they, – they're willing to acknowledge I was sexually abused, but how do I reconcile that it was this person in my life that did it or this person? Mm-hmm. And that's often the hardest part. But by, but by us having the courage to share, it's allowing other people to be like, yeah, like it's – it is hard because oftentimes you have to put boundaries with that person that abused you and with other people that are trying to minimize that pain, which is a part of my journey right now and a lot of our journeys. And it's very hard. But I realized that for me, even being down in Mexico and saying, this is what happened to me. And I'm in the process where I'm having to continually set boundaries to say that I will no longer allow this person in my life or, and I will no longer allow other people in my life to minimize this pain that happened to me. Not that I'm on, not that I'm saying like, I'm not living as a victim, but to live as a victor, you have to set those boundaries. And the people that do want to minimize your pain, you have to say, sorry, no, you will no longer have access to my life. And so it is hard to share because the enemy will minimize and say, well, it really wasn't that big a deal because they're not making it a big deal. And not that I'm, you know, it's not about making a big deal, but it's about saying that it is what it is. Yeah. That this per- this is what happened. This person's trying to minimize it. This person's still trying to have access to your life. So you heal, you set boundaries, and you surround yourself with people who are going to value you the way that Christ does. Yeah. And so it is does because sharing openly, there's a cost. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, there's been a high cost. Yeah. And it continually costs me a lot, but the cost is worth it because my freedom has cost me everything. My healing has cost me everything. Yeah. But it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is it, it is interesting, you know, for those of you watching um, and who watch regularly, you know, a bit. I mean, you know, you can you can go um, you can go to the, the, the YouTube, our YouTube platform um, through the ministry, uh, through CynthiaGarrett.org. You can see our testimonies. So, you know, you know, sexual abuse is something that um, Christina, Christina and I have in common. Um <laughs> Nova could probably write a book on spiritual abuse um, <laughs> at this point. Um, and uh, it is in the sharing of it. For me, you know, my abuser was my older half brother. And a lot of times, and, and you have a similar story where it happened in your family. And I think the sharing of it becomes so, well, first of all, there's the silencing of it. That happens for years. And I think the journey through the silencing of it is exactly what you're saying. Because when it's someone close to you, you don't know how to share that. You don't know how to tell people this happened to me because you're because part of you also inherently knows you want to protect your family. You want to, you know, you want to love your family. And so when something happens to you and it happens from someone close to you, it's doubly as crazy because in those intimate relationships, you're supposed to have safety. But the reality is that for many of you and for many of us all around the world, there is no safety 
in those intimate, close relationships. There is no total acceptance, total love. There is no total healing. And there may not be total forgiveness. And when I say total forgiveness, what I mean is we're called because of our faith to forgive. Jesus Christ's whole gig for us on earth was he died to forgive us of our sins. And every day I need forgiveness for my sins, right? Every day I need forgiveness for my mistakes and my failures and my shortcomings. But in that, I always try to remind people that you got to know what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness does not mean that that person gets away with it. Forgiveness isn't about saying, okay, well, that person is no longer wrong for what they did. No, forgiveness is not a Disney movie. It does not mean that you're going to kiss and make up. Um, you know, I was sexually abused. Do you think I would be leading my grandchildren with the same relative that sexually abused me? No. As a matter of fact, I eliminated his access to my life years ago. And I know that's the journey that Christina Boudreaux has been in of late is how do you find the boundaries and how do you limit access but I do believe, and I think we all really believe this, and we're learning with our journeys that forgiveness, though, is the ultimate key. Because while it may not be that you kiss and make up, while, it, while it's definitely not that the people who offended you or harmed you or the events or circumstances that have come against your life are right. They're not right. They're probably wrong. They're probably deserving of your judgment. They may be deserving of legal judgment and jail. They're just wrong. But forgiveness is about taking your right to judge and giving it to God, giving it mm -hmm. to Jesus and saying, you know what? I can't fix this, God, but I'm going to take my right to judge this person and I give it to you. I forgive them. I release them is what you're saying. I put them in your hands, God. And then you're giving it to God to make the difference that needs to be made on a spiritual level. And also, and this is where it really gets crazy for me in all of what we may go through and talk about here, what we realize is that when you forgive someone who's come against you, you also need to ask forgiveness for yourself. Because I guarantee you that there are wrong things you did in response to the person that did you a wrong. And what I mean by that is, for me at least, I had, you know, I was sexually abused as a little girl by the same person who sexually abused my baby sister as well. So in response to that, I grew up with a bit of rebellion in me. I grew up, I learned early on that, you know, men were controlled by a certain desire they had. And so they would never hurt me again. So I would get them before they got me. So I grew up knowing how to protect myself. I had walls. My walls had walls. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I built, <laughs> I built walls for my walls, you know? Or and so, you, right. And so, you know, I would, I also became promiscuous in a certain sense, you know, and, and it was promiscuous by the standards I was raised by, you know, it may be nothing by the standards of what promiscuity is today, but I, I kind of also, I believed the Bible, but I believed the parts that served my life. I, you know, God was Santa Claus, right? I would pray, you know, please help me with this. And then, you know, please help me with that. But I wasn't in full surrender for a long time. It's like, you know, I always say you can have faith and be saved, but not be surrendered, you know, because surrender brought a whole different level of living to my life. Now I understand what lifestyle Christianity is, but the whole forgiveness thing is, is a, 
is a big part of what we talk about here because we air our grievances, man. I think we air our stuff here, but we always end at this place where it's like, okay, well, what would Jesus do? All right. He would forgive. He would. Now he may punish. Mm -hmm. He may criticize. Mm -hmm. He may judge. That's not our job. That's his, right? He may not even look, you may not, you're not going to be letting certain people back in your life, but it doesn't mean that you want to keep that situation anchored around your heart and your mind and your body, because then you can't move forward. Mm -hmm. And the freedom is in Jesus, take them and forgive me for the things that I did wrong in response to what they did to me. You know, it was wrong of me to rebel against you. It was wrong of me to think that it was okay to cavalierly sleep with my boyfriend. You know, it, it Look, and you know what, for a lot of you watching, I mean, this is a big issue in the church. I meet more church people who are not celibate, right? I mean, and, and this is a big one, and I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think anybody ever really wants to talk about the fact that marriage is marriage, is marriage, and sex is for the wedding bed. And I think a lot of pastors are afraid to say that because you may have a whole mass exodus of young people out of your church. But the reality is that for me, For me, I didn't really find an amazing husband until late, you know, the second marriage, you know, in my 40s. And I finally committed to being celibate Mm -hmm. and waiting for God to bring me that that special person or, okay, God, or I'm just going to be alone. Mm -hmm. And I I had to ask God for forgiveness for that as I forgave my abuser. Mm -hmm. Because even though my, my abuser is the excuse for a lot of the attitudes I had about how I lived my life physically and in relationship to men. But at a certain point, you can only play the victim for so long. At some point, life is no longer to blame. And yes, my story is in my first book, Prodigal Daughter. But my second book, I Choose Victory, was about realizing that in my testimony, while there are legitimate reasons for me to live my life as a victim, it was my choice to live my life in victory and Jesus Christ and faith is about victory. And I guess, Christina, let's go to the next point. You know, how does girl club get, bring you victory every week and what victory do you think we're bringing to other people? Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times on a Monday I show up and I feel tapped out by like just the week before, but I'm so excited to see you ladies because I know it's safe. I know that you're going to fight for me. You're going to have my back and you're not going to minimize, but you're also not going to baby me. You know what I'm saying? So like um, the victory that I find is in like what Christine is saying, transparency, no, in a safe place. I wouldn't be transparent anywhere else, which is kind of funny because we're like live everywhere, but somehow I feel safe in this little space on the internet Um, being transparent and then like receiving I receive from hearing about your struggle, about your struggle, from hearing from your comments. I mean, I can't tell you how many times you ladies who watch, who drop comments, I've been like, whoa, everything just clicks in a moment. And it's all of a sudden I have clarity. There's something about gathering together um, with other believers who are like-minded. It creates an atmosphere for like the Lord to move, you know? And I realize the victory, I cannot be victorious alone. We are not meant to overcome alone. We're meant to overcome with our family members in Christ. Like I can't do this without you guys. Literally yeah. cannot. It's fellowship. It's, it is. It is. And I think because it's not, we're not commiserating. 
it's always unto like, okay, but what does the word say? What does Jesus say? Let's, let's think about his faithfulness. Let's, let's, let's find that line of like that thread of his faithfulness and mercy throughout this, even a situation, you know what I'm saying? And I always leave like, oh snap, I'm not alone. I can do it. And not only that, I feel like, I feel like I want to keep going because I want to have your back. I want to have your back and I can't, if I'm floundering and like giving into like pity and victimization. It's like, I can't, I'm like, I want, I feel empowered to be strong for you guys. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. You know, and, and, and I, it's interesting. I feel like the whole sort of freedom from a victim mentality is something that the world needs more today than ever because the world's crazier than it's ever been because people are crazier than they've ever been because there are victims every day. Like you turn on the news it's or you read a newspaper and it's a constant bombarding of things that are victimizing other people, you know, and, and how do you choose victory in a world of victimization? I only know one way and that's my faith. That's it. I got to rely on Jesus. I got to, I got to hold his hand. I got to look in the word and I have to figure out, okay, what does God say about all of this? Sometimes it's just an acknowledgement that God said all of this was going to happen before it happened. I mean, I mean, it's all in the Bible, you know, and it's not to be a fatalist. It gives you faith. Actually, it gives you hope because you kind of go, he said all of this stuff would be happening in these days. I mean, look, you know, in Timothy, right? Uh, Paul's writing this letter to Timothy and he's telling him, you know, for in the, look, in the last days, it's going to be dangerous, you know, because men are going to be lovers of themselves. Mm -hmm. They're going to be lovers of money. They're going to be proud and prideful. They're going to be boastful. They're, 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 they're not going to care about each other. In essence, they're going to be hateful, selfish, jealous there. And, and, and then I, I love at the end, they're going to be lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. And worse, they're going to have a form of godliness Mm -hmm. and spirituality, (laughs) you know, but reject the real power of God. Yeah. That's where it is. I mean, that's where it is, you know, and, and it, it, it even exists in leadership, you know? Um, So no, One of the things, what do you think needs to be accomplished by Girl Club? Because at the end of the day, you guys, look, we don't want to do this if we're not impacting your lives. That's why we do Girl Club. We do it to make a difference. Yes, like Christina Reynolds said, we have learned that our Mondays give us so much. Like, And, and, and I've done a hundred different network talk shows through my life. And at the end of every filming on every set, um, I'll, I'll tell you that I'll tell you the differences. No, before you answer the differences are so in network television, we had a lot more money. We had bigger sets, right? But I would sit there and our segments were created around makeup tips, um, being a better sex partner, whether or not you were married, they don't care. Just being a better sex partner, um, looking better in the clothes that you're wearing, um, weight loss, right? Those were, and I would sit there. I would literally sit there as a believer in Hollywood going, Oh my gosh, these women in this room do not need another makeup tip. They need to know how to leave this studio today and live this freaking life 
with some empowerment, like real empowerment, real affirmation of who they are and who they're supposed to be, not another makeup tip. And it would break my heart because at a certain point, the reason why I said no breaks on all of this for me, for I need a season away to deal with God was because I felt like I could live my whole life, make a lot of money, keep make it all about me and lie to people because that's what I think a lot of secular network television and talk shows do. They're lying. They're not giving people the full answer. They're not because the full answer is found in the fullness of how to live your life fully. And I look at talk shows and my heart for this was the world doesn't need another talk show. It needs a walk show teaching people how to walk through life with faith and real empowerment, real identity. I love that authenticity and identity is this word that gets thrown around today. And we live in a culture that has lost its identity. It doesn't know who they are. People do not know who they are. I mean, like really they do not know who they are. They think there's something different. So <laughs> Nova, what was the question? <laughs> I don't remember. Anything. I don't right. Know. Got on my soapbox there for a minute. <laughs> What do you want to accomplish with Girl Club? Uh, I want to become, I really want to become uh, a godly woman. I, I, I want the women that are watching, to, I want us to desire Jesus more than anything else. Like if we can create a hunger for Jesus, I think we've done our job. If we can create a hunger like, man, I want to have joy. I want to have peace through the storm. I want to be, I, I, I want to be honest with God. I want him to, he can do something with my brokenness as broken as I am. Um, he can heal me and he can transform me. And then when I go out to Seven Eleven to get my Slurpee, I can be kind to the person behind the counter. Mm -hmm. It is, it is not about me. It is not about me. So like for me, Jesus has to work. And for a lot of people, no, seriously, for a lot of people, it's just like, you know what? I went to church, said a prayer, and I'm going to heaven, but Jesus doesn't really work for me. I want people to know Jesus works. If he lives in us, no matter where we go, the transformation that is happening in us oozes out of our pores. I, you know, we were sharing a little bit yesterday that often people won't remember what you said, what you preached, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. So if we can make people feel seen, heard, loved, and reminded they, they are God's people. He has called you unto himself and he hasn't, he hasn't called you to be God. He is God. He's just like, come to me, mm -hmm. just come to me. So mm -hmm. that, I don't know, Jesus has to work. Amen. And I want people Amen. to know Jesus works. Amen. Yeah. That's it. He's awesome. He's that. so awesome. Yeah, he it. is so awesome. That's yeah. what I want people to yeah. walk away with. Like God it's is real. with me. Yeah. He's with me. He has transformed me. And you know what? I can talk with him. Like I can go, you know what? I just want to join God at what he's doing right now. What are you doing, God? Mm -hmm. What are you doing in this moment? I yeah. want to hear you. So honestly, Cynthia, I want to be as quiet as I can be to hear the voice of God. Mm -hmm. However, I want, and you've taught me this, I want to be quiet to hear him, but courageous enough to speak up when it matters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so people, women, women yeah. want to be empowered to do that. But often we, 
we, we can kind of speak out of turn because we're, and I, listen, I love it. God made us emotional. Like we have stuff and it's <laughs> awesome, but learning to attune our ears to know when's the time, God, yeah. when's the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so yeah. It, you know, and it's interesting. The, when is the time to speak is the biggest question. I think that I, I want this program to challenge all of you with all the time because I mean, you guys know me and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really a shrinking violet and, um, and I do, and I do speak boldly all the time and I really don't care where I am. And I think it's, and it is because I love that about that's well, who thank you are. You. Ask her, yeah. Thank you. Cause I really, you know, it has a lot to do with my sexual abuse and I'll tell you why, because I think that for so long, when you're sexually abused, you, you live with shame and silence and you fold in. And my imagination became bigger than my actual life on the outside mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And part of my freedom from knowing it was not my fault. I did not do it. I did not deserve as a little seven-year-old girl and nor did my sister at four to be sexually abused, you know, to be used in a certain sense. I didn't deserve it. And God forgave me and forgives me. And I wanted freedom. And part of my freedom has been finding my voice. And now that I found my voice, it ain't going to be silent for nobody. And so I've been willing to change playgrounds and playmates, walk away from whoever I need to walk away from and do whatever I need to do to speak up and not be silent. And it's funny because as I work on my next book, which is called Silenced, it started out being this book about what the Christian response to cancel culture should be. But it, but that didn't make me as excited as the word silenced made me cry and, and feel something and, and realize that cancel culture is just an, is a consequence of being silenced Mm. and situations can make you feel silenced. People can make you feel silenced Politics can make you feel silenced and, and women have been silenced repeatedly for hundreds of years. And so I look at this the challenge of this book and I'm willing to wait to write this book, to take as much time as it needs to become a platform that unsilences people, especially women around the world to speak their truth. And I don't mean just to blabble a bunch of truth and problems that are going on. I mean, to truly be able to speak your truth from a place of overcoming doesn't mean you've overcome, but you're overcoming from a place of true victory choice. Right. Cynthia, I can't help but think like, I think of that silence, anybody who's been spiritually abused, physically abused, sexually abused, there has been, and I know we use that word, but there is a, a grooming that happens into silence and it Mm. happens everywhere. And I think exposing that, like exposing that even, I don't know what your book is completely about at all, but I I'm thinking like just letting people know, like, even though you were silenced, you were probably groomed into it and you didn't know. And I think we have to like Mm -hmm. unwrap that a little bit. Yeah, no, because you don't like, there were times when I was silenced, I didn't even realize I was groomed to be silent. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. And I, I definitely think that a lot of women 
they don't know how they're you're groomed. I mean, look, right now, I think there's a whole generation of young girls that's completely being groomed into being silent about the fact that they're being sexually abused. They're being exploited. I mean, and, and the silencing occurs in making it seem that like it's cool to be something that is so far below what God created you to right. be. For example, and I say this all the time and I laugh about it, but I mean it. If anyone had ever told me that having my fuller lips and having a big, huge behind and taking my photos with my butt first was going to be like in fashion all over social media and get you tons of likes, especially if you put it in a thong and then took pictures. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't have spent half my life being insecure about trying to be thin and, and, you know, trying to be like little and fit into a more, you know, societally white kind of stereotype of what a woman should look like. Now it's just, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, I'm like, what's, girls are naked on social yeah. media. Oh, 100%. They're just like, and, and, and then, then, I mean, I watched a young girl who literally was, you know, men can take off their tops and men can do this. And I'm just empowered to be able, and I'm like, and she has 3 million followers and I, and I'm looking at these young girls and I cry, I cry for you guys, man, because who cares what men can do? We're women. Like, seriously, like we're like, we are chosen and created by God to bring life into the world. You want to water that down? You want to you want to show yourself and give yourself away for what? For a bunch of guys or people to follow you? What are they following you to? Yeah, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Where am I leading these people? Right. What what thoughts am I instilling in them? What am I doing? And honestly, that's what you know. I I knew that I was so over doing red carpet interviews. You know, and I've, I've done all of them, the Grammys, the Oscars, every award show you can think of. I've been on a red carpet interviewing celebrities. I knew I was through standing there with Meryl Streep one day and telling the producer in my ear, but I don't care what she's wearing. Have Billy ask that question. Billy Bush. And I was like, I really didn't care. I didn't care what she was wearing. It was like, this is Meryl Streep. What does she believe? What, what are her, what are her politics? Like, what does she think about the world around her? What is she, what, what's important to her? What is she contributing? What does she want younger women to think or do because she lived like seriously, uh, where is she leading people that and those overriding thoughts and questions and feelings, uh, they just got louder and more refined with God and my faith. And then, then the little petty, stupid questions and goals and desires just they were like petty and stupid and small mm -hmm. and 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 that's when I realized I had I was counting the cost to count all things as loss for the excellency of knowing Christ because mm -hmm. knowing Christ is powerful and I know you know CB like what would you like to see girl club become to men and women around the world yeah, I agree. Like with Nova, you know, like even, you know, even as, as being a part of like the whosoever's right. We're like this worldwide movement. People know the founders, but everything that we do is not pushing people towards the whosoever's it's pushing them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And even like, you know, like for me, like, like I, um, I'm a missionary, uh, of a church up in thousand Oaks and I got to speak at you know, they're a seniors ministry called Sunshiners uh, last week before I left for Mexico. And 
they said to me, Christina, you know, how can we support you as a full-time, you know, missionary, right? And I said, you could go onto the whosoever's website and you could give to what all of us are doing because it, because all of us collectively are, you know, we're all missionaries on our whosoever's team and everything we do is pushing people to Jesus. I didn't say go to my Instagram or go to this or go to that. Cause I don't really care about that. Cause to be honest with you, I don't care about followers. I don't care about likes. I don't care about branding or any of that stuff. Cause it's never been my style. You know, I came from the modeling world, still in the modeling world. And even, you know, with girl club, I think what I want to see is just to just grow the kingdom. You know, when we were in Mexico this last week, one of my good friends, she, you know, her husband came from a very big band in the world. And, you know, now they're just this amazing godly couple, both a part of the Whosoever's movement. And she said to me, you know, Christina, as I, as she said, you know, her, her family was so gracious to let her, um, her husband is so gracious to, um, to let her, you know, you know, leave for the weekend, you know, her baby and her other daughter and him to come to Mexico with me as we ministered to these girls. And she said, as she was explaining to her daughter, you know, that she was just going to go tell, you know, these girls that, that, that in God's house, there's a table and there's a seat um, and he's waiting for them. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's such a beautiful picture because that's all I want girl club to be is to just remind these women around the world that, there's a seat waiting for you in the King's house. Like you need to be done living like a pauper because Mm -hmm. there's the King is waiting for you. There's robes of royalty waiting for you. And Mm -hmm. at the end of my life, like I don't want to say that I grew a movement or I grew my branding or I grew a website or my followers. And that's why I love what you said, Cynthia, like what are you people following? Like, where are you leading them to Mm -hmm. that? Everything that we are doing is that we are just simply putting breadcrumbs leading to the king's house, you know, and we are just a beggar leading another beggar to find bread, you know, like famous quote says, and that's all. Can she get some stars? Yes. (laughs) Can we get a mic drop over here? Yeah. Yeah. Breadcrumbs leading to the king's house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's all, you know, that I care about that. I don't care about growing a church movement. I don't care about growing in, in ministry, even with, you know, the whosoever is like, we don't care about, like, we're just always, you know, we're always just like filtering people to churches, you know, and yes, we have, you know, we grow, you know, like, you know, Ryan has a show and, you know, we're releasing books and we have like, you know, like we're devotionals we're releasing on Bible apps because we're just trying to create resources for, to filter people, to resource people. And with girl club, that's what we're doing is that we're creating a space for people to come to hear about the Lord. We're setting a table for the king to just have these girls come to hear about him. And that's really what I love is that we're just throwing a party for God's daughters and he, and we're just the hostesses, but he's the guest of honor, you know? And so that's that's what I love about like what we're doing. You know, I mean, I just got, (laughs) I've been repacking the same suitcase for the last three months. And even this morning I was like, can I do some laundry? (laughs) And Roger was like, yeah, you can do laundry. (laughs) Cause I'm literally have just been filtering (laughs) the same like clothes. I come home and I just throw everything in. And then, but it's just no matter whether I'm in Mexico with the whosoever's or I'm like a guest to share this other thing. I've just had so many different types of things, but my message is the same. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. You know, my story is the same. I, of course, you know, you dress for the occasion and whatever, but our my message is the same wherever we go. Cause I'm just trying to grow the kingdom. 
Yeah. And these ladies, you know, we're all from different churches and ministries. We're just here trying to grow the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Girl Club is creating a safe place and a vehicle to grow the kingdom. Yeah. So that's what I hope is to just make sure that that table is full yeah. of God's daughters, yeah. you know, yeah. so good. when we meet him face to face, like I don't want there to be one empty seat with cobwebs where we didn't reach that mm. one girl, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, well, you know, what's, good. what's re- been really beautiful, you know, for me, just even finding the three of you as friends is that, is that your heart, you you purified the need to be like noticed, looked at, and famous years ago. You know, I mean, look, the talent the talent is there to just focus yourselves in on making money. I mean, it is. You know, I mean, I, I know I can I know I can put my I'm just going to focus on making money hat on and just do that. The problem is, for any of us and for all of you watching, I'm sure, is that it's not fulfilling. Like. It's just not fulfilling just to focus in on being famous or making money. Like, because when you are famous and trust me, because I I mean, look, I've, I've been there, certainly not as famous as some of my friends for Pete's sake. You know, most of the world knows my brother is Lenny Kravitz. I mean, he has experienced uber fame, but, but with my own accomplishments, you know, and, and being his sister, you know, I spent a lot of my life just in situations with very famous people and everyone puts their pants leg on the same way. But what I noticed more than anything was the lack of fulfillment on a deep level inside up there at the quote unquote top where everyone thinks they quote unquote want to arrive Mm -hmm. because it's that Bible scripture that says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but suffers the loss of his soul? true. There is no profit. There's no gain in that. And so when I say, where are you leading people? I mean, that's an important, like you got to ask yourself that even as you leave here and you go out into your day and your week, where are you leading people by the example and through the example of your life? You know, I think when you're a parent, you kind of get that on a deeper level because all of a sudden you go, oh, this little creature is watching what I do more than (laughs) listening to what I say. Right. Christina's Christina is single, right? And and already focused on that question. No, but you shepherd a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, she often refers to Mexico. Christina goes down to Mexico on a lot of missions trips and she's around a lot of young, you know, 13-year-old and under young people and youth and I watch the example of where you're leading them and it's true. You're leaving breadcrumbs that lead to the kingdom. And that, I think, is the beautiful fragrance of what this show is all about, you know, of what Girl Club is all about, of what every time all of you, you know, each of you who's chosen to click, subscribe, become a member, you know, we we ask you to share Girl Club with people that you don't know. We ask you to write in. We ask you to call in. You know, hopefully we'll be a live radio show one day. That's that's part of the goal. You know, um, we're on podcast. You know, hopefully for those of you listening on podcast, you'll also fall so in love with us that you make some time to actually watch live, you know, um, where you can not just see us on video, but you can write in and we can interact with you or send in even on podcast, send in your comments. You know, we... We want to interact with you. And it's the thing that we do do here on Girl Club. And it's funny because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at some of your comments today. And I just want to, in being 
you know, faithful. Um, I'd like to ask all of you guys, um, let me kind of get this, you know, Aw, Lori, she, Lori, Lori Calloway writes in affirming Jesus is the only thing that has worked for me. Um, and, uh, I want to just, I want to ask you guys a question and I want you to really, um, no, mommy Barry, you're in California. Good to see you together. And I'm in California. Great. Um, wow. We, we have a hello from Mumbles, Swansea, Wales, UK. That's Heather. Hi, Heather. It's good to see you. So as you see, like we try to filter in who's saying hello as they join, but I want to ask you guys a question um, as we talk and I'll let you send in your answers. What do you want to see from Girl Club? What do you get from Girl Club? What do you think this needs to be about in the world today? So I, I really want to ask you guys to just filter in some answers. And I want to kind of go back here to something mm. that someone had written. Uh, the children should be seen and not heard. This is what I grew up with. Teresa wrote this, still trying to undo that behavior. Yeah, amen. Um, Pamela Lee writes, Girl Club each week for me is like a shot of B12 that energizes me to keep sharing my faith and reminding me that I'm not the only one sold out to Jesus and walking in his word and by his spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. Hi, Hannah in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, Pamela, thank you. Because Girl Club has become like a shot of B12 to us also. Love you, Pamela. Yeah, yeah, it has. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, and all, all the rest of you, I'm asking you guys to comment on what Girl Club is to you and what you want it to be, you know. And also, shoot us some of the topics you'd like to hear us talk about yeah. and address. I think that's important. We like to do that here every week. Um, politics. We also get into politics. And I know that's probably more an area that I'm really passionate about than, than you guys. But the reason why I love that. Though, I freaked out. I, I'm a little passionate about politics. I just okay. don't think that I'm quite as, um, I don't know as much as you. So I'm learning. <laughs> no, but you do. But I have passion behind mm. many of the issues. We see, but this is, the, this is what's great. Because I don't really think any of us really know anything about <laughs> politics. I mean, we know what they might say on Fox right, News right. or on CNN, right? But um, but um, we don't know. I'll deal with, I want to deal with some more of your comments. I'm going to give you guys a, a couple of minutes to write in, but I want to go here for a minute with politics. I like to actually every now and then bring up a political issue because I don't think we need to know about the issue. We need to know what God would do. Right. And that's why I love talking to you guys about it because you will actually, sometimes I get so enraged or so incensed and I do a lot with Laura Ingram on Fox news. So sometimes I just want, I'm like, ah, you know, they're so crazy. This is wrong. We have to think like this. We have, but you guys will, you guys have this amazing way of saying, yeah, but where's the power in our faith? What would Jesus do? And it's true. And look, honestly, okay, they're laughing because there is one show that never aired, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I got on Thank one. Thank God. <laughs> I got on one that was so bad. It we was just had windows. Uh, yeah. No, no, not that. No, this was, this a was long before time. that. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And it just had to be canned. <laughs> it did. It just had to be canned. It was in the beginning. I, it was in kept, the beginning. We just kept on trying to drive inside the lines. Just, just a little close. Just 
She was like hitting pedestrians. Bumper rails, and Cynthia was just she was driving over them. Yeah, we she went all off the bridge of the, the freeway into the water. Yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, I was drowning. I was drowning, and I, I was so, I was so just crazy with something or another. But we bring it back into the wheelhouse of okay. But what's what Jesus do? What's the faith response? And, and, and true, and truly, Cynthia, I think sometimes like we do peel it back to go: Is this helpful or is it harmful? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Is this helpful for, for, for us to really like walk into and, and, um, you know, deconstruct this or is it harmful? You know, is it breed more confusion? So I think trying to really like speak with, um, like understanding yeah. is important. It's, you know? it's true. Yeah, it's true. And so here at girl club, we'll, we'll get into some politics, but more from the standpoint of wanting to be and create a group of women around the world and around this country that look at politics from a standpoint of love, faith, dialogue, you know. How unafraid of the truth of Jesus in all of it. Exactly. Completely unafraid of the truth of Jesus in all of it. Because everyone leaving their cuckoo crazy states to move to conservative states right now, like Nashville, Texas and Florida, which are the three biggest states that have had this complete exodus of people from the cities, New York, California, Seattle, Chicago. Mm. Why? Why? I ask you to even ask yourselves why, because I know the answer. These are the conservative Christian states where family values and loving your neighbor and going outside and helping people when they have a problem. That's what prevails here. So don't bring your cuckoo here, but bring your openness to living like Jesus would, because that's what gives us the difference in these states. That's the edge. It's true. You know, and I, I always say to people like, okay, you do it your way without faith or with your own thinking or your own flesh. I'll do it my way with faith, with God's thinking and with spirit. Let's race. <laughs> Cause I know I will win that race. I know it. I know I will win that race. And I think that's why we're so passionate. That's why I'm so passionate about growing Girl Club and seeing it really become everything that it can be, which is a real uh, lifeboat for all of us to jump in together and help save some other people that might be floating around on the ocean going, how do I live my life? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come back to some comments because I see we're good. getting in some. All right. So uh, power of a virtuous woman. That's what makes you unique ladies. You're, uh, you're each stars in the kingdom of God, yet you always shine light on us and make us shine also. Thank Aww. you for that, power of a virtuous woman. Um, I do truly believe that we are all stars. We are, we, and, I, and I'm not even going to be trite and small and say in the kingdom of God, I think we're all stars in the world, period. We are. I mean, I, I, I love to meet and make a sister, especially a sister in Christ, because she's going to roll and rock with some wisdom um, on issues and on things that always like make a difference for me. Um, okay. So we have uh, Pamela Lee. Yes, we love you too. Hannah writes, Hannah Castillo writes, I love Girl Club. It's so cool that you ladies are bold for Jesus and are real. Love yet. Well, we love you too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, love you. Okay. Mommy Berry writes, especially with the Supreme Court ruling this morning, I'm not res- surprised by people's response. And yet I am. Mommy Barry, I'm. I, we haven't. I haven't looked at the news I yet. Even, it, what? What happened this Cynthia, morning? Cynthia. Okay. 
Roe versus it's overturned. Roe v. Wade got overturned. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh! Why didn't you guys? I'm sorry. I woke up this morning and all I could think about was we got to get downstairs. We got to get the lights set. We have to film a girl club. Yeah. That happened I this morning. Knew. No, I didn't know that. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh my. I only heard it because you guys were talking. I was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's such a know. big deal. It's a guys. huge. That is a big deal. That's a big deal for our country to say we have to stop killing innocent babies. You know, you guys, I'm going to be real with you for a second. Of every sin I've ever repented of, what I regret the most is that there was nobody around me in my life to say, don't get that abortion. You know, don't kill that baby. Because it's just, it's it's like they lie to you when they say, oh, it's not the right time. Oh, your career. Oh, you're empowering yourself. Oh, it's your body. Oh, I almost let an F-bomb fly out of my mouth. <laughs> like, you know what? First of all, men and all of you men who fight for, for Roe v. Wade and who fight for women's rights to do what they want with, with their body, I want to give you a message Go sit in a corner and shut up. Don't even weigh in on this issue. Let us women fight this one out. And I'm going to tell you why. This is truly a self-worth and a knowing who you are and an identity issue. This is not about freedom of choice. Yes, you have free choice. If you want to get an abortion, you're going to find a place to go and get it. I'm not judging you for that. I've been there. What I'm saying to you is that they're lying to you. Mostly men. They're lying to you. They're lying to us. It is not empowering to kill the child that is growing inside of you. You will regret it for the rest of your life. That is the truth. You will regret it for the rest of your life. I have one birth son. And I have 13 adopted sons and daughters all over the world that I deal with daily, that I adore, that I would die for. I wish I had given birth to more children. And I wish that I did not have an abortion and probably lose the one daughter that I would have had, you know? And it's why I've taken in so many young girls is because that part of me that wanted to be a mom to a daughter and a mom to more sons didn't get fulfilled because no one said to me, this choice has consequences. No one, not even the believers around me. So you can take this feminist platform and shove it because feminism is only part of this story. Who's more of a feminist than us sitting here telling you we're daughters of a king. You got to put a ring on it. Truly. If you want it, you know, like, Who's more empowered than that? Who's more authentic about identity than us saying, we know who we are. We know what our brokenness is. We talk about it. We're going to use it to help you. What's more powerful than that? Like, seriously, what's more authentic than that? I'm not going to tell you that you're right. If I, if I'm going to tell you, I love you, but if you want to make that choice, these are the consequences and I'm going to love you. I'll be here for you, but these are the consequences. And I wish, I wish that someone had said that. And I praise God that we have a Supreme Court that is being bold enough to look at this issue. Now, they're only looking at it from a legal standpoint, Mm -hmm. legally and technically. But God is clever because Mm -hmm. I believe that the Lord provided the technical sort of way that they needed to overturn this. But now we're going to need him to provide 
for all the rest of this. Yeah. You for know? all the states, all the people in the states, we need people to rise up, people who will um, decide to voice, speak up and voice and run for office and make the right choices. We have to pray, um, you know, maybe it's you. <laughs> <laughs> truly, you know, truly. You, you can't, who's more silenced than all those unborn babies? You know, and this isn't about judgment because I'm telling you, you guys, I've had an abortion, but what I'm, so it's not about judgment. God, God will love you. God will forgive you. God, God does love you. God does forgive you. But it's about, let's be real about what this is. You know, you could always abstain. Yeah. You could always abstain on behalf of all the sisters, sisters, y'all need to sustain. Abstain. You need to abstain yourself and sustain yourself in Christ. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Right. Oh right. No, seriously. Because there was my, my, look, I was celibate for four years. I was celibate for four years until Roger and I got married with Roger. We waited until our wedding night. We wanted that. Te- we wanted that. I, I wanted that testimony. I never felt more empowered in my life than understanding that my smile was enough. My conversation was enough. I was enough. I didn't need to give my body, which I knew was going to be enough. (laughs) I didn't need to prove that. Girlfriends, you don't need to prove that. Seriously, you are enough. And if he doesn't get that you're enough to wait for you or to marry you, to have you, put him on timeout. Put him on waivers. Sit him in the corner because he's not worth it. He's not worth it. You know? All right, let's go back to you guys. I'm sorry. No, Um, that was good. Mommy, thank you. Thank you for writing that in, Mommy. I did not know. So Power of a Virtuous Woman writes, yes, true feminism are women who are willing to live out our identity in Christ. It's okay to be a strong woman of God, wives, and moms. Yes. Hello. Hannah writes, Miss Cynthia, will you ever run for office? I got to tell you something, Hannah. I've, I, I, I always thought my past is too um, dirty to run for office. I never, I mean, but it is really funny when I was fighting with Apple, Apple (laughs) over my father's life story and the rights to his story, which was stolen from me and my family, mostly my mom, because she lived the story and we kids lived the story. But my older half brother who sexually abused me and my sister stole the story with two of his thug criminal friends and made a film about it with a bunch of people who obviously didn't care about the truth and sold it to Apple who paid $27 million or something for the movie. It's called The Banker. It's airing on their platform. I'm going for it. Why not? We're being transparent. And I I started thinking about running for office because of all of the women who had been sexually abused and silenced and exploited. And Me Too's great. But the second that became about a bunch of actresses who didn't get their fame, I saw the ability, I saw that there was going to be abuse of men through the Me Too movement. And I'm not into abusing men either with lies Mm -hmm. and with guys don't even know how to behave anymore if they want to tell a girl she's pretty. They're afraid of losing their entire life. You they know, can't even open a door these days without, my son has been cussed out by a girl to open a door for her. That's sick. The <laughs> oh devil is gosh. a lie. The devil is a lie. I mean, that's just really crazy, right? Yeah. But I, but I, abuse is not love, girls. You know, not, not having a guy treat you kindly is, is, that's, that's not love. Yeah. Oh, oh, all those magazine articles, how to get the bad boy, how to get, the, tell a bad boy to go fly a kite. 
Figure out how to be a good girl and get the good boy. Truly, it'll be better for your life. But anyway, Hannah, back to Hannah's comment. Hannah, when I was fighting with Apple, it was the first time in my life that I, I really began to think seriously about running for an office in spite of my own broken past. And I'll tell you why. It, we, it was because one day this attorney for Apple and for the producers called my attorney, who's a, who, who's a total brother in Christ. And this guy said, if she keeps up this press you know, tirade and speaking about this, we're going to, we're just going to open up Pandora's box and tell all the stuff on her and we can assassinate her character and blah, blah, blah. And my attorney, Todd, started laughing. And as he's telling me this, I'm laughing, right? And he, and, and Todd says, I started laughing and I said to him, are you kidding me? She's a born again Christian. The first thing we do is open up Pandora's box, put it all out there, repent and get saved. He goes, so you go for it, dude. There's nothing you can say that she hasn't told on about herself already. Yeah. And that's when I felt, oh, whoa, I have freedom in Christ. Yes, amen. I've been made righteous by Christ. He's given me beauty for ashes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. And I've been encouraging other women and moms. It doesn't matter about your experience. Run for office, speak up, show up at your school board meetings, bring your camera, videotape what's going on. They want to take control of our children and diminish our role as parents. Try that with, try it with me. Just try it with my, me or my grandkids. It ain't going to happen. I know. So, yeah. So, right. <laughs> oh my God. Let's go back to- Inside joke over here, guys. Inside joke. Anyway, um, so let's 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 go. Um, uh, Pinu writes, "Girl Club for me is a spiritual Me Too movement." Whoa, we're mm-hmm. all recovering and helping each other to wholeness, not offense. Yes. Wow. That's, cool. that's, that's amazing. I love that. That's mm-hmm. a that's spiritual beautiful. Me Too movement. I mean, there's so much. There's so much that we can do with words and protests wow. and. Maybe legislation. I'm not even quite sure. Or like we can. blasting people, tearing people down. But the spirituality is where the, the true justice happens. Right. True empowerment. True, like actually binding together and unifying and making a real yeah. difference. That that is 100. percent This yeah. is what I'm talking about. These comments are like fire. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. You got that's such a. But you want to know what else is beautiful? What if I mean if we're a if we're really a spiritual Me Too movement, we can spiritually help people. And that's true healing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that's true justice. What, what is yeah. it? What does the Bible say about justice or, or, or to do? Uh, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase now because I'm so caught love up in justice and to love mercy and to walk on with your God. Very yeah. Okay, yeah. To do justice, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Love to love mercy, mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. you think our woke cancel culture is about doing justice, loving mercy. Um, cancel culture is not about mercy. The most unmerciful time ever. Right. <laughs> Everybody. Right. And to walk humbly with your God. I don't see a lot of humility, actually. We're all struggling with that. We're all, I mean, yeah, well, you know what? But I'm going to go so far as to say I think we have political leaders who are struggling much more with humility mm-hmm. than they all say that they're Christians. Don't you love it? They all say that they're Christians. And I'm like, what book are you reading? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, it's not reading the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Power of a Virtuous Woman writes, Girl Club helps me be more willing to be vulnerable because I see women who are willing to be transparent with their hurts and heartaches. Mm. Thank you. I agree. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for that. Mm. You know, um, 
Mommy Berry official writes, then you have the Obamas making their comments about how wrong the ruling is. Yeah, you know, there's this beauty, there's this thing about a, a party, Mommy Berry, for all of you guys watching. Let me just say this. Sometimes you're invited to a really special party, but there's always this time where you should know when it's time to go home. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be deep. It was it was just a burn. Oh, oh it was a burn. <laughs> I'm talking about parties yeah. and invites to dinner. You know that there's a certain point when you've made one too many comments at the dinner table and it's time to get your handbag and your date and go home. There's no more served by you criticizing, dividing, and judging. That's my response to That's that. a good word, Sin. Like on all fronts. Mm -hmm. That's a really solid statement. Nanny, 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 nanny. If you don't got nothing, nothing good to say, then don't say nothing. Eminem. Hi. Yeah. Remember that lyric? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went there. Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, if you don't got nothing good to say or right to say, then don't say anything. If only we all live that way, mm -hmm. you know? Um, <clears throat> Teresa writes, it's transparency of Girl Club that brings me here. Wow. Mm -hmm. Teresa, you just affirmed why we should not be afraid to yeah. be bold. Thank you, Teresa. All Thanks, of us. Teresa. Like all of us, right? Um, mommy Berry writes, well, Mommy Berry, I mean, Mommy Berry, I love it. You are in it, girlfriend. We still have people like Newsom in California, Gavin Newsom, who want people to come here and still have them. Yeah, he wants California to become, I think, a safe place to go for an abortion. Yeah, it makes me crazy. Yeah, well, you know, this is this is this is what I I want to say to that. There's also those dinner parties in those certain beautiful homes. They're gorgeous. They might be on the ocean and have the you know they they've got the view and everything. And you just go, yeah, I'm not going to accept that invite to go to that party. I don't like what those people are doing in that house. I'm not going to support them by bringing over a bottle of wine. That's why we moved. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I left you in Cali. You go, no, I'm sorry, good. but I said, that's li literally my husband and I were like, yeah. So at a certain point, our tax dollars are supporting this cuckoo. Yeah. So no, we you, took them to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's, it's, been, it's honestly been a huge struggle for me. Like my people have moved to Nashville. I'm like, where are my people at? Like well, um, my girlfriend, Joy, her family, you guys, like just my brothers here at, People like left California. And yet I was talking to another friend who's, who's like, man, mm -hmm. I feel really called to stay and fight. And mm -hmm. so if, if you are that person, I think that is called to stay and voice and mm -hmm. then, 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 then step into that, yeah. you know, and because God is doing something here right. that's really special. And, and, the, and there may be people in California who really want to fight. And then there might be people who just want to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but being comfortable, being comfortable and listen, I mean, if, for those of you watching, being comfortable as a Christian has been a part of the problem. I know. Yeah. Because we've silenced ourselves. I've been guilty of it too. You know, where it's like, well, you know, why rock the boat? You know, you may not get invited anymore. Why do this? You may not be asked to participate. I have lost friends, you guys, that I have had for 20 years because of being vocal and it's not just being vocal about being a Christian. 
they were okay with that as long as my Christianity was non-threatening and loved everybody and you're okay, I'm okay, you know, namby-pamby Jesus. But the more I read the Bible, the more I realize that everything about my life has to line up with the word of God, even the way that I vote. So this shifted me from being okay with just being a comfortable Sunday Christian into realizing that I was all of a sudden now going to be looked at as a radical believer who really looks to apply the Bible to everything I do. So I had to change my voting, which means eventually I had to change my, you know, my, my um, political party. And, and then all of a sudden you start going, Oh, wait a minute. Well, the, one of the 10 commandments says thou shalt not commit murder. It's murder. To, it's murder. Mm-hmm. Abortion is murder. Yeah. I mean, it is now supporters justify it as, but it's the woman's body. It's her right to choose. It's a, it's her right to murder. I mean, we have two states in America, you guys, for those of you watching from around the world, because this always blows my friend's minds who are in England because they can't even believe this. We uh, we have states that now allow abortion up to 60 days after birth. What? You didn't? Yeah. Where? California is pushing. Newsom wants the 60. Virgin- That's a two-month-old baby? Yeah. 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 Why would you even want that? It has gotten so <laughs> it's 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 so gotten so gnarly. But here's the thing, like the it, the line has been just moved so mm-hmm. slowly that it, now people are outraged at that, but they're not outraged at abortion at nine months. It's called desensitizing us. It is. So if cutting off heads becomes the norm, we're going to be offended, and we're going to be okay with just shooting people. You know, say it, Cynthia. I mean, eventually I can just look at my 29-year-old son and say, you know what? I got it wrong. <laughs> no, no, that that's where it, it, it where oh it's, it's where it's headed. Right. Like, yeah. Which is just so, it sounds so crazy, but that, can you imagine what like our parents would have thought about this back in like the right. 19, whatever, 30, 40. Our parents 50s. who grew up watching couples on TV sleep in different beds. Yes. Right. That's true with Ida Lucy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for all of you who were of a certain age in the fifties, start praying to go to heaven because this down here has gotten kooky wooky. Like, can you imagine what, and, and yes, and, and, and people will say, oh, progress and times change. And I get that. But, but as times change and progress is made, we serve a God who says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. The word of God doesn't change. It doesn't change. Yeah. The freedom that they're trying to give people is so counterfeit because at the end of the day, I mean, honestly, Cynthia, you've, you've walked through your pain and yet your, your transparency and going, this, this is, this was so hard on me as a young woman. Like that, 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 that pain is so real. Like they've desensitized people to go, it's your right. Go girl. Yeah. Kill those. Like I've heard on different, you just, I just want to get rid of those babies, like <gasps> gnarly stuff like that. And and I, I'm saying that because it, that freaked me out. But I'm like, they get on a soapbox to say, this is freedom. This is freedom for your body, freedom for your life. And then you know what? At the end of the day, you go, they go home and they're hurting and they're in yeah. pain, but then they can't even go to anybody because they, maybe they have shame and, and mm-hmm. they, uh, they would feel ashamed to say that they need help. Right. That they even need anybody because 
I'm strong. I'm a, like, I'm an awesome woman and I, I'm empowered. So they can't even in that brokenness go to anybody because they have to pretend that it was the right choice. Right. But that is literally right. why, but that's literally why this is so important. Right. Yeah. For the those of you on here. Yeah. For those of you on podcast, the, this is girl club. Yeah. 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 No, for real though. To, I mean, who is, and by the way, I would have to say that I don't believe that the majority of the United States even thinks this is okay. I, I, I just don't. Even I agree with that. you. I agree with you. But I will say though, to embolden other women to go, wait, you know, I was I was feeling weird about this, but now this woman just said this thing. It like you don't you don't know how the Lord can use these comments, our voices, our stories, our opinions yeah. to just unlock something. Yeah. Just break something in mm-hmm. someone's heart where, where they've been brainwashed, literally brainwashed. I think that that is feminism. Yeah. That is true empowerment. Yeah. Right. 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 And the thing is, it, it, as, as believers, you know, for all of you watching male, male and female, right. What we have to do though, as, as, as biblical Christians, right. Not church Christians. I mean, real Bible reading surrendered to Jesus Christians. We have to still find a way to love these people and bring truth to these people no matter what, you know, no matter how outrageous their behavior gets. We have to at least expose them to truth and and be very wise about how we speak to them, how we interact with them, how we engage, because we have to remember we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we've got to stop being so concerned with looking like them mm-hmm. and walking like them and talking like them. And we have to be more concerned with the state of affairs of their soul. We got to get back to Charles Finney. You know, we got to get back to Charles Finney where we carry something in us so powerful mm-hmm. that we walk into, you know, factories of sinners, preach the gospel, the mm-hmm. pure gospel mm-hmm. and watch people just mm-hmm. come undone, right. you know, because mm-hmm. of the, of an encounter. And that, and when I say pure gospel, I mean the part that also includes repentance because that's part of it. And we, you know, I look at, look, I looked at a lot of these young movements like Hillsong and a lot of these younger churches with these youngers, I call them the skinny jean wearing pastors, whichever ones of them are still left on the pulpit. Cause all of them are falling off right and left cheating because we lift up novices too easily in the kingdom of God. Say it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so these little boys, when I start looking at them and they're trying to dress like my rock star brother and they don't even have any talent, except they have some talent to preach the gospel, but that's not enough because now they want to have the talent and look like the rock star and have the access that the rock star has. Newsflash, you have no talent. You don't play, the, you don't play music. You don't write. You don't sing. You don't do anything. Your job is to preach the gospel and to be real with these artists and these people around you so that they can find what's more real than their talent. Instead, we've watched a bunch of them in the last couple of years just fall all the way off the wagon into the trash can of sin and cheating on their wives and all kinds of stuff. And they still ain't got no talent. (laughs) They still won't play the guitar. They said like, was it worth it? Mm -hmm. You know, but I don't know. I I went way crazy on a tangent with that, but I, no, you, guys no, no. you know what? You know what I love though. I, have to go, I, have to go to the I digress. You don't get to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay, so can, can I can I hear, can I share something that was I was hearing from the Lord, from, from, like as you were talking about like girl club, like what is it? I, I when we're having these honest and real mm-hmm. conversations, you know, like um, 
It's like preventative care in medicine. Yes. Yeah. It's like, can Girl Club become, we're talking about it before it, you're going to do it, before it happens to you. Right. Can we be preventative care in the kingdom yeah. where we speak about things that we can give insight, knowledge, wisdom that comes from God and be preventative care, not go like when it's a hot mess, but right. like come as clean up all the blood and yeah. like put the band-aids yeah. on. Yeah, then yeah. we're like, let's take our vitamins. Let's get in the, you know, yes, let's get in the I word. Love, yeah. right. I love that. I actually, I love that. And I love that we are, we've switched our time to Monday. I really feel the difference. Mm. It feels like that. Mm. I feel like I'm empowered to go through my day mm. after that touch point. And usually I'm like, I'm literally hanging on by a thread. I don't know how it's like, <laughs> I should be, I should have been arrested, but that's what it is. It's that little injection of like getting me in the word, getting me in fellowship before I get into my grind. And before I get into fear yeah. and anxiety about whatever the next big thing is. And yeah. I, I think you hit it right on, on the spot. I, I would love if we could be that to you guys and to each other. And you guys be that to us as well. Yeah. That is such a great. Well, it, oh, they so are. They so are to me. Cause I know, oh, look at these comments. One. There's actually a really good one that I, um, they're all, I'm wait, just, I don't even know. Okay. Oh gosh. I, I, oh, this one, this one, that one's really hi. good for me. This oh, Herman. Hi Herman. We, we shout out to the boy in the group. Oh, I know okay. he's amazing. Yeah. We got a guy with us okay. watching. Hi, stand up women of God. Honored to be part of the food for thought or uh, honored to be part of the food that enriches, that enriches my soul, mind and spirit. Good vibes. Good vibes. I Thanks, that. Herman. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Would you do me a favor? Um, you are clearly a brother of ours in Christ. Would you just like get your guy friends to watch? Get your guy friends to join us. Seriously, because it's called Girl Club, but we really love the men that follow us. And we do have some regular men who are members. So like, like us, subscribe to us, share you know, right here on the platform, because we need your support. We need your support. You know, um, keep speaking the truth in love. Uh, Pinu writes, keep speaking the truth in love. Cynthia Nova, CB and CR, your gifts will make room for you all in the right offices, in all the right offices. Thank you for that, Pinu. Thank you for that encouragement. Um, Mommy Berry writes, there's so many more ways women aren't getting justice, like equal pay. It's true. We focus all of our strength, our strength on one crazy issue. And I think that's politics. I think politicians want to keep all of us focused on one really crazy out there divisive issue rather than also focusing in on what we really need, like honor, respect, equal pay for the same job. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and by the way, equal competition fields for our little girls. You know, I, we can't we got to honor men and women. You know, mm -hmm. and, and, and that means that whatever your choices are, like you don't get everything in life. Mm -hmm. You know, we just had a big ruling on the whole Leah Thomas thing from the, the NCAA swimming association mm -hmm. that she can't compete. Now they watered it down. And this is a little scary because what they said was she can, she can no longer compete in women's sports. Um, and they will not allow anyone to compete in women's sports, any transgender that hasn't transition prior to the age of 12 and you need to prove that you've been on testosterone suppressing hormones every year from 12 years old and everyone sort of went oh 
our our young girls got their rights again because it wasn't fair for them no, to compete no, against no. Leah Thomas, not, who just no, you know just like two years ago decided I'm now I'm not going to swim with the men. I'm going to swim with the girls. Broke like kicked their behinds, of course, crazy. right? Like put me in a swimming pool with Bruce Jenner. I don't care if he is wearing a bikini. <laughs> he's going to kick my behind because he's a man. So you can't get away from all all of that. But what is scary? What we need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm is the out clause if the child has oh, transitioned wow. by 12 and can prove they've been on testosterone suppressing steroids you guys they're after so our children they're pushing it from itty bitty two years old they're pushing what? it to the oh what? little itty bitties they're they're it, that's what you don't happening. even know what's happening when you're two of course not Thank you don't know you. what's happening when you're 18. Some men don't happening with a 30. Right. I don't know what's happening at 32 a lot of the time. I'm right. Hopefully does right, either. Right, But you're going to let your 10-year-old or 11-year-old tell you that, that they want to be. Look, look, I can give you so many stories of young people around the world yeah. who were allowed to transition at like 16 or 17. Then they get to be 20. And, and I swear to you, this is a true story in England. They got the, because the, the, uh, it was a big thing with the national healthcare system who paid for, um, uh, his first transition. And then, and then a few years later, he wanted them to pay for the next one to go back. And the same arguments he used to get them to pay the first time, like, I don't feel my authentic self. I'm not, I don't feel free in this body, blah, 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 were the same arguments he was using. So he transitioned to being a girl and then was like, I don't, this isn't authentic. I need to go back. And then he said, and I loved this, how can my parents have let me do this to myself at such a young age? And I was like, I agree with you. Parents, wake up and parent your children. It's not, you're not their friend. You're called to love them. And if they're going through something, don't talk about it and force them into a position on either side. Love them. Let them find their way to the truth. Pray for them. Um, Get involved with them. Parent them. Parent. Parent. Literally be a parent. Let me spell it. P- a. a. Oh no. R. I. Oh. <laughs> e. E. And T. Parent them. Like seriously. And if you're out there and, and look, if you're listening and you don't have parents in your life where you think my parents are cuckoo or whatever it is, I, I don't care what you're going through. If you think that you want to transition from being a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy, if you, if you think you just want to have premarital sex, whatever it is you're going through, I'll be your mom. I will love you. I will not judge you. S- send me an email. Okay. I'll get involved in your life and help. I mean, and I, I, I think we would all feel that way, but I'm, I mean, you guys also have small children you're raising, so I don't want it. But, I, but the reason I want to say this to you is because you're special. You're worth something. Mm-hmm. And the, the, look, there's a devil. There's a real devil. And the enemy of our souls wants to feed you lies over your life and your identity to get you to a place of such hopelessness and despair that you kill yourself. It is mm-hmm. not a surprise to me yeah. that the incidences of suicide in these communities are higher than anywhere else. It's because no matter what you do to your, your mind, your body, or your soul, when it goes against what God created yeah. you to be, you won't cure anything or fix anything. You'll have no peace. You'll yeah. just end up more hopeless. And then what happens when you get that which you fought for and it doesn't satisfy you? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
Right. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Dude. Right. I can't get any stars. Hey, where's the stars? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I can't get any stars today. <laughs> Hold on a second. Um, I love this comment from Power of a Virtuous Woman. It's time we depopulate hell and populate heaven. Reinhard Bonke yes. said that. Reinhard Bonke. Shout out to Bonke. I He's love there, that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Um, P. New says the silencing is systematic. Mm-hmm. First, you're, oh, come on, sister, preach. First, you're uneasy, but unsure. Then you're sure, but afraid. Then you're guilty for judging the perpetrators. Wow. Whoa, that was a good break, Chills. Can can Pinu get some stars? Yeah, Pinu, stars. Can we get some stars? Thank you very much, Anna. Um, Ah, then continue. Then you're ashamed of being a failure and messed up. Then you hear others whispering. They're also feeling like you are. And you gradually find your voice. Wow. That was so More stars. The turnaround. The turnaround. Oh, I got to go through that again. It's almost yeah, like the process. Again. Okay, we got it. For everybody watching or listening, you got to really go through this. This is this is such a beautiful way that you just painted this cycle, Pinu. Mm-hmm. The silencing is systematic. First, you're uneasy but unsure. Then you're sure but afraid. Then you're guilty for judging the perpetrators. Then you're ashamed of being a failure and messed up. Then you hear others whispering that they're also feeling like you are. And you gradually find your voice. Wow. I feel like we need like like a t-shirt or something. That's beautiful. That's so I'll beautiful. get that as my next tattoo because we're working That's on beautiful. it. That's okay? beautiful. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. There's so much freedom. <laughs> there's so much freedom. I'll get it on my leg. That is so, so beautiful. So much freedom in what that, that is. Really That's beautiful. Thank you for that, Pinu. Thank you. That's um, deep. Yeah. I feel like we need to yeah. see that. Mommy Berry writes... Um, Great girl club meeting today, ladies. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, the bill for gun laws has been sent to Biden to sign. Yeah, Mommy Barry, we might have to table that one for the next girl oh, club. Yeah, yeah. But we're with you, sister, on that. Um, and yes, they are definitely after our children. Um, and a lot, of the, a lot of them are regretting it. I, I hope, you know what I hope? I hope that, I don't want to make people feel regret. I want them to feel the kind of regretful remorsefulness that leads to repentance. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Because repentance, repentance is just turning from a belief or a way of life and going the other way. It's mm-hmm. turning from sin yeah. and going toward righteousness. And so if girl club could be a place where we can talk about all of this stuff mm-hmm. from dating and celibacy and premarital sex to divorce, to um, politics, to the world around us, to, to, to everything, the fashion of today, social media, everything going on. If this could be the place where we could talk about all of this and go through a cycle with all of it, where we give it a voice, we talk about the fallen leaders in the church and the messiness of the church and all of it. If we could give it all a voice Yet in our circle, in our cycle, we get people to come out the other side, mm-hmm. better, stronger, unified, moving together as the body of Christ through this world effectively. That would be everything to me. Mm-hmm. That would be everything to me. Because mm. that's what the Lord's done through mm-hmm. all of our lives. Taking us through the church hurt, taking us through all this stuff, but he was, we'd all come out the other side 
more stronger and more effective. Yep. You guys, we have gone really oh, wow. long today. Oh That's why I had a rough I need coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I just, I am, we're blessed by you guys yeah. today. Thank you for showing up. I love you guys. You guys. Was a surprise. This was yeah. a surprise. Was a you guys, surprise. this really was a last minute surprise. Yeah. We thought, you know what? We're together. We Let's need to include it. our our people, our tribe in what we're doing, finally being together here. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully we will also inspire some of you who will watch this um, going forward to support us and to jump on board this girl club train. Um, I want to start movements, but those movements don't look like worldly movements. They mm-hmm. look like purity movements. They look like movements of young women becoming women of God. They look like movements in which we go from being broken and completely in a state of disunity to pulling together. And in in this nation, especially becoming we the people who gathered together, right? To form a more perfect union, established justice, ensured domestic tranquility for ourselves and our posterity. That's why we did ordain and establish a constitution for the United States of America. That's the document, man. Mm. That's the document. And that's what we set out to be as a nation. And it's what, you know, when we get together to do Girl Club, right? We think about the things we set out to be here and um, around the world. So we're a nation under Christ, Mm. right? And we're family, all of us around the world. And I just... I thank you. You know, I thank you guys. And I thank you for being a part of Girl Club. I thank you for liking us, subscribing and sharing. I invite you to, you know, if you if you watch us on the Salem platforms or you discovered us there, I ask you to migrate over to CynthiaGarrett.org and the um, Cynthia Garrett Ministry YouTube channel so that you can interact with us like this. Um, we need you to interact with us. We, we don't want to just be up here ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be in this fully with you. And for those of you who are in it fully with us every week, man, we love you guys and we thank you. And, um, I think that's it for today. Yeah. Yes. Bye, Bye from Nashville. Bye. <laughs> love you. Love y'all. <laughs>felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.